hear that, Mielskis? That is a soundtrack. We are moving up in the world, aren't we? Yes, and we're so excited. And we just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much to all of our friends and family that have listened to our podcast and given us awesome feedback and just shown us support. It's really exciting. Rob and I are having a really fun time doing this. And yeah, we just kind of wanted to say thank you before we started and showed you the interview we did with our friend Brennan Gonzalez. You should have called them the Muleskis because that's their name. That's the fan base, the Muleskis. Thank you, Muleskis, for listening. And yes, we're introducing our friend Brennan, who is a very talented dancer and a very brave person who took the time to talk to us about his struggles in life. And we hope that in talking about those struggles, he can help other people who may listen to this podcast in the near future. Yeah, so um, we really hope you like it. Um, we worked really hard on it. Thanks and enjoy. All right, bitches. So this is episode number four of The Talking Mules. We're really, really excited for our guest today. Um, this is Brennan Gonzalez. Welcome. Hey, guys. What is up? So Brennan is a dancer. He dances with our younger sister at the same studio. And yeah, we just want to talk to him about what his life's like, what's gone on as being a male dancer. What makes him click? Yeah. What's the deal with you, man? Uh, not much. I mean, I've been dancing since I was, what, four or five? Um, I mean, like, I know, I know a few guys that have struggled, like, as, as growing up, they, like, being called feminine, stuff like that, but, um, no, I haven't really had problems with that, so it's it's been pretty smooth ride. (laughs) You know, a lot of... A lot of people are very mean about that. They have yeah. certain assumptions about what male dancers are and what they do and all that. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, it's it's tough. Like being called something you're not is not fun. You gotta fight the norm, man. Exactly. Fight the norm. Exactly. Yeah, I remember uh, there was some people that were dancers when we were middle school guys, and it was always like the rumor was, "Oh my god, are they gay? Are they gay?" Yeah. And it's like, why is that automatically what people assume? Yeah, it's so frustrating. It's- Society just creates these social constructs where it's like, oh, if you if you're a guy and you dance, uh, you're automatically uh, feminine or gay or whatever. Yeah. So. so I've been watching you dance for a long while, and um, so creepy. No, but I mean, it. <laughs> I've been watching you in the in the foyer dancing, boy. <laughs> dance more for me now. But yeah, so you've been friends with our little sister Emma for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Been at the same studio, and um, it's just like really cool watching you guys all grow up. So tell everyone how old you are. Oh, I'm 15 years old. Uh, I just turned 15 in April. Oh, uh, you're going to 10th grade, right? I'm going in 10th grade, yes. So, what do you want to be when you grow up, Brennan? <laughs> we just <laughs> talked about this in the car. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to work in commercial dance. I want to be able to. Um, be a backup dancer for like uh, pop stars or like singers stuff like that tour with them who's your dream person you would travel with uh probably Justin Timberlake okay yeah I respect that a little bit of that JT you kind of want to just travel the world but also dance at the same time so he's kind of two in one deal right there Mm -hmm. um have you been to one of his concerts never my mom has though she just went to his uh, Man of the Woods concert just recently because I imagine system. they're like very in. With like, the production, yeah, the production yeah, value. The production, it's huge. 
Especially, my mom sent me videos. Especially with the tour that he did like in 2013 for the suit and tie. Mm-hmm. There was the him and Jay-Z, and I can imagine the amount of money put into that. Just the dance choreography yeah. and the, the staging and everything. It must have been wild, so I applaud you. That's the right way to go. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and when did you realize, like, all right, I, I'm a dancer, like, this is what I want to do? You started pretty young, right? I started, yes. I started when I was four or five. Uh, I was a soccer player before. Um, my mom would always tell me that I would be dancing around on the fields instead of <laughs> instead of playing actual soccer. So she stuck me in a hip hop class one day, and I fell in love with it. That's so cool. Yeah. So you just got back from a dancing. dancing. I feel like every day you're at a dance thing. Yes. You're invited to some special program. <laughs> yeah. I this mean, kid's like awesome, by the way. Like. He, he's very humble, but he is an incredible dancer. Thank you, thank you. My favorite dance... Okay, so the solo you did last year I really liked. That one was really personal, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was really personal. Which one was... What was that about? Tell uh, everyone. Found. It, it was... The title of the solo was Found. It was a contemporary piece. Uh, it was about, like, finding myself again. Um, in... Around, like... S- End of sixth grade, going into seventh grade, uh, I struggled a lot uh, with my eating, and later on it developed into an eating disorder. Uh, yeah, those those years were pretty tough. I mean, so that inspired this dance. Yes, that inspired this dance. It was like your voice recording, right? Yes, it actually was. Um, yeah, I did a spoken word. I wrote up this whole like kind of like story type of deal um like explaining what i went through without actually you it was very metaphorical in the way that i like named my eating disorder i guess i gave it a name and then that's I, so interesting yeah but yeah it, it was really fun and then i like picked the song overlaid it that's awesome so it's just your way of owning your pain yeah Exactly. That's awesome. So how long did that take you to write what you were going to dance to? Funny thing. Uh, when I was actually recording it, because I went over to um, a friend's house and I recorded it there. Uh, he was like, do you have anything to for you to like say? And I was, I said, I was like, no, I don't. I have nothing prepared. He was like, okay, write something now. I wrote something real quick in 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. Because I remember watching that for the first time and hearing these like beautiful words. First of all, I didn't realize it was you saying it because it was overlaid with music, like editing yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I didn't realize it was your voice. Yeah. And I thought it was just like a like spoken word poem that you found that you really related to, but I did not realize you wrote that whole thing. That I was so <laughs> impressed by that. Mm-hmm. It and, was, yes, it was very personal. I tried to make it as personal as possible. Yeah, it was awesome. That's a trend I've been seeing, too, going to all these competitions and stuff, is people dancing just to words. To I thought, words, yes. To words, people are... T- Spoken words. Yeah, I thought poems. that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Speeches, stuff like that. There's a certain music to the way people speak, so it makes sense. People yeah. have certain rhythms, certain cadences, you kind of just jump to that. Exactly, yeah. That's fun. So, but my personal favorite thing, which I later found out from your mom that you didn't even like that dance. Um, you were Michael Jackson surrounded by all the other oh, yes. ladies. It was a Michael, it was a, um, Robo Michael Jackson dance. We were robots. Uh, 
in the in the style of Michael Jackson. So oh, it was so good. I was obsessed with that dance. And I didn't know why didn't you like it? I didn't. I don't know. I I just I wasn't really grooving with it. It was <laughs> well, it was weird because that's like that's my that's my style. That's where I feel most uh, comfortable in. So hip hop is what you'd hip-hop, say is your favorite. Yeah. Hip hop is probably one of my favorites. Hip hop or contemporary. It's kind of like even. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I didn't didn't like it. I mean, I had. I feel like I had a certain expectation going into it, and was like, oh, like I thought it was going to be something else. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. That's a trend. What? Expectations not meeting reality, and you just yeah. get disappointed with it. But eh, you live yeah. with it. Of uh, what? Looking back, um, was like your favorite experience dancing. That's a hard one. Uh, I don't know. Would you say it's more of a collective experience? The whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a just... collective experience. Like, yeah. from when I started dancing and until I end my my dance career, that's all one experience. I feel like it's kind of like the yeah the the days those like you're living in your own the days like mm-hmm. those were the days those yeah. are your days currently Aww. exactly. He's living in them right now, so there you can't put a you can't put a word to it. Yeah. It's almost like it. It's already. It's, it's like descri- it's like describing taste to somebody. It's it's weird. You can't describe how you interpret things. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. I guess my most like my most favorite experience as a dancer is just. I guess picking up like certain things that people do, and using it for my own because it's an art, and you can recycle things that other people do, and make it your own that's those are that's one of my favorite um things about it you talked about how when you were in sixth grade you went through you you developed an eating disorder Mm -hmm. um how did going back to dance and dancing help you get through that really tough time well as i when i came back from treatment um i had to undergo like a lot of therapy and stuff i guess it was kind of just an added therapy session like dance was an outlet I could use to express what I was feeling internally and it was nice because it wasn't like I was dancing around people that I wasn't loved and supported by I was dancing around like my teammates and stuff and friends that really supported me and lifted me up and it was really nice Oh, to so come sweet. back and uh, just, I don't know. That's enjoy really sweet. Life. Yeah. How long were you gone from the studio for? Well, when I when I developed the eating disorder at first, it was kind of, I started to miss a few dance classes each week. My therapist told me that it wasn't, it wasn't right for me to continue dancing while I had this going on. So I had to stop um, for a little bit. I would say I was gone from the studio for about four months, maybe. So I was gone for, I was away at treatment for three months. And when I came back, uh, my therapist, I wasn't cleared to dance yet. Um, and my dietitian also told me like, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy for me to dance yet. So yeah. And the month before that, when, uh, before I left, I wasn't dancing either. So. So do you attribute like, 
dance and like a lot of like the pressures from that as like part of what kind of led you down this road or is that just different altogether in the dance world there's this like expectations yes exactly it's an expectation to where you should look this way or you should your body should be this certain way when every everybody's everybody's body is different yeah and unique and everyone has their flaws and imperfections and during that time when I was deep in my eating disorder it was kind of like a tunnel vision like I could only see through that through that expectation of oh you need to look this certain way so it was hard because I I wasn't open to anything else I wasn't open to any other opinions or ideas because I like I said I was looking through this little peephole and there was a whole other world to be understood and yeah it was it was tough and so you've been able to learn to be more open and not say okay all dancers need to look like this yes I've adapted a more open mindset um and how has that mindset impacted your life outside of dance do you think acceptance yeah learning to not only accept others but also accept myself uh your body will go through changes during your youth years like puberty and stuff like that um so it was around puberty that all of this was going on yes that's extremely overwhelming yeah very overwhelming uh it was right before i hit puberty so i was 12 i think Uh um and when i when i came back and i was healthy again i was at a healthy weight um I had normalized my eating finally. My body just, like, it was rapid. Like, a rapid growth and rapid change. And then you come back and you have this man voice now. Like, what the (laughs) heck? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It was... (laughs) It was pretty weird trying... It all happened so fast. It all happened in such a short amount of time. And And I just learned to adapt, I guess. That's a lot to go through when you're 12. Exactly. To go from going from an extreme eating disorder to going to recovery to coming back and all that in the span of what six months i would say yeah six Six months months. and then i when i was 12 i couldn't have done that i was yeah that's crazy oh yeah and yeah when i was i was yeah like i said i was 12 um i also was in orlando so i never really i didn't really get to see my parents that often or my family and that's like who you go to exactly that's that's who you go who you go to and tough times like that so and it's interesting you say like yeah it's teaching you acceptance and all that because one thing that my mom always says about you is like you are so empathetic anytime anyone else is i don't know upset or whatever you're a really good person to make them feel better because you have so much empathy and know what it what they need to hear to make them feel better so that's definitely something that has come out of this is you're really understanding about Mm -hmm. what other people are feeling and going through exactly don't you shouldn't judge you shouldn't judge people just by the way they look or because you never know what they may be going through yeah and it's interesting to talk to you about this because normally things like body 
image yeah, issues and stuff like that. It's usually associated with women way mm-hmm. more. And yes. so it's it's definitely true men have the same issues with with how they yeah. look and how they feel about themselves. So well, that's the point of what he said expectation. There's always yeah. an expectation of what a man should look like. Yeah. Broad-chested, tall. Yeah. Or what yeah. a man should feel even. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't cry, has no emotion, is very tough. Like, guys have feelings, too, and I feel like society right now is oppressing that in a way that's really unhealthy, actually. Um, The worst thing I've ever heard is, be a man. I hate that. Yeah. Because there's the next, like, don't be unmanly, or don't be sensitive, don't be, you know, considerate of others, don't. Don't uh, don't tap into your own feelings. Yeah, and it's like, why is that what's decided to be what being a man is? I don't yeah. know. Apparently men are cold and yeah. like to engage in war. Brennan, when did your parents realize, oh no, like something's really wrong? I would say it started in the summer going into seventh grade. So starting school around August, I guess they they started to realize something was wrong around, I don't know, December. November, December, because I, my, at first, my parents thought it was depression, because I wasn't really, like, talking to them, I was very, um, introverted, um, w- when I'm not really that person, yeah, they thought I was, I was depressed, and I went to a therapist that specializes in depression, and we were getting nowhere, it, it was, like, one session, a, we had one session a week, and then every few weeks it was a family session where my mom, my dad, and my two sisters sat in the session. And one day it was like, it, we had a family session and uh, I started just breaking down crying. And it was, I was like, I, they asked me, I don't remember exactly what they asked me, but it was something about, do you not like your body? Do you think you're fat? Something something of that nature and I, I said I said yes I was like yeah I, I don't like the way I look um and then we found a my mom found a therapist that specializes in eating disorders and we tried a bunch of methods I guess uh to um help but nothing really helped I guess and then I was doing therapy for for a couple months until March and a week before I was I went into treatment my me and my parents toured the place and I didn't really know what was going on I was like w- w- where are we going and then the next week I was there that was a sad day <laughs> um, um when did when was it that you realized because I feel like often there's a disconnect between when people around you notice, like, something's going on, and when you realize about yourself, like, okay, I need to take care of this. When did you realize? I didn't think... I didn't realize at all. I thought I was completely normal. I think the time I realized was the day, the first day I was in treatment. Mm-hmm. Like, it all became real. I was like... I don't know. It was... It's an indescribable feeling. Yeah. You never think there's something wrong with you until there really is. Until you're in there, in the hospital, or in treatment, getting something done. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, this is real. Yeah. 
like with exactly. me, it wasn't real until I was in the like pre-op room with my gown on, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're going in now," and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're going in now." So it's it, it, yeah. it's you don't you never know. And that's something too is like people kind of dismiss. I feel a lot things like eating disorders when it's like, "Oh, like why don't you just like take care of it?" Yeah, but just it's eat. But it's like you going through something like that is similar to like what Rob went through. He couldn't control that he got cancer. You exactly. can't control that this is going on with you. It's like, but all right, you go and you get it fixed. Exactly. You get, you work it's on not it. it's not a choice. Yeah. It's something that develops over time and it not only is it physically an issue, mentally yeah. it really disrupts what's going on up there it's the thoughts become pervasive right they're just Mm -hmm. more and more you're thinking about oh it don't look like this today better keep on not you know it's adds on to the Mm -hmm. flame and so i mean yeah and so it's a similar thing like he slowly had this little tumor growing you had this little thing going on in you that just like you said slowly over time yeah it's like a snowball effect yeah yeah glad we both got taken care of huh Yeah. yeah so how do you feel about yourself now? Are you, like, way more confident after going I'm, through all yes, of this? I'm a lot more confident in myself. And I realized that once I came out of treatment, it was very... It was eye-opening. Because for the first time in, I don't know, six, seven months, I was happy to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really awesome. I... I could eat and I was happy to eat. It wasn't eating was not a bad thing to me anymore. And I learned to like my body and be grateful of all the things that it does for me. And I looked at it in a way that it's not it's not uh it's not just you only get one body. Yeah. And you should be thankful that it does all the things that it keeps you alive yeah it keeps you alive basically it lets you do all these awesome dances and twirl around and do flips and stuff Mm -hmm. wish my body did that (laughs) well that requires practice Rob (laughs) you need some grace okay (laughs) oh my gosh um no it's like really really cool listening to you talk about this because I remember when they were saying um, like, Brennan's sick, he's not gonna be at the studio, and, like, no one really knew what was going on, and I'm just so happy that you got to come back better and mm-hmm. happy and healthy. Yeah. It's really exciting. And so, do you feel like now, like, you can notice, alright, this person's going through a similar thing? Yeah, I'm able to pick up on signs. What advice would you give a person going through something you went through? Everyone's different. Everyone's uh, eating disorder is different. Everyone's recovery process is different. It's not a straight line. It's up and down and up again and down again and down some more. Uh, I guess the one piece of advice I could give is, is it's really cliche, but don't give up. Don't think to yourself that, oh, I'm, not, I'm never going to get better. Like, this is pointless. Why am I doing this? It's for it's for your own good. Like I said earlier, you only get one body, and you need that body to live and survive in this cruel world. <laughs> uh, um, Amen to that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, 
I, that's that's the one thing I have to say is don't give up and don't expect your don't expect yourself to be better in in like a few days. It takes time. Yeah. Trust the process. It's uh, a good Nike slogan, dude. Took me six months to get happy again. So you're really right about that. I was unhappy for six months after my surgery, and I just now got happy again. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. Yep. You gotta go through counseling, and you gotta find out the root, and you gotta accept your situation. And, and you gotta, you have to accept help. Yep, acceptance yeah. is very key, and you have to be open to finding help and getting it. Yeah. Because once you realize that, it becomes way easier. It's like yeah. the AA slogan, admitting you have a problem is the first step. Yeah, it's, you're definitely wise beyond your years, Brennan. <laughs> and we're, like, we're really happy that we got to talk to you about this, because it's definitely something people need to hear. And we're glad yeah. to you, yeah, it's very hard to talk about something like this close to you, or something I heard this much. So we're mm-hmm. glad you had the courage to open up to us. No, of course. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Do we have any final questions, Rob? No final questions over here. I think uh, it's been a good conversation. I like what we asked Lauren at the end of last time is just what do you want, like, your legacy to be, or what would you want, what's something you hope people understand? There's this quote by Alan Watts. He's a, he's a, a, he's some type of scientist. And (laughs) he, the quote goes something like, if you want to expect anything out of change, plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. You have to... Don't be afraid of change. I guess that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Alright, thank you. I like that a lot. Don't be afraid of change. Um, as you know, we end every podcast. We say, love you, bye. Like, like we end every phone call. That's so fine. thank you, Brennan, so much for coming and talking to us about your journey and what your life's been like these past couple of years. So, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs>